game time. You're listening to the House League Heroes podcast with your hosts, Riley Barton and Tanner Chuby. Follow the guys on Instagram at underscore Riley Barton underscore and Tanner C-H-U-B-E-Y. Welcome back to the House League Heroes podcast, episode number nine, or so we think. I'm your host, Tanner Chuby, joined by Riley as always. Riley, how did you survive this heat without air conditioning in your place? I That's my biggest question coming out of this week. Honestly, um, it's all kind of a blur. Um, I don't remember <laughs> most of the week, but we're here now, so clearly I did something right. How was cutting grass in this, or did you guys kind of... Oh, it made it way worse because yeah. <laughs> the machines are so much hotter, so you, it adds another 10 degrees, and um, everything was dry, so you just felt terrible all day. And it sucks that it couldn't be at the beach um, yeah. drinking beer in this weather. <laughs> That's the worst part. Really uh, do you have like a Do you have like a pool or anything you got to, got to chill in? A, we do have a pool, which not many people in Alberta can say, so I'm grateful for that. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that's probably the only thing that got me through the, through the week, to be honest. <laughs> so you're not in Calgary, actually itself here in Okotoks, but like that, there's a big rainstorm that hit, um, Calgary right after the heat wave. I think it was yesterday. It was like, what was it? Golf's ball, hail and yeah, stuff like that. Did you guys get people, hit with that? A lot of people in Calgary with their, their sidings destroyed from the, the hail there. Mm-hmm. We had some flooding. And it, like, kind of just, we saw all these pictures rolling in, and, and that didn't really hit Okotoks, so that was nice. <laughs> Alberta weather, you know, I lived there for two months, and it is the most complicated thing to try and <laughs> comprehend because I, you, we say that here in Saskatchewan, we don't know what the weather's gonna do. I think Alberta might take the crown for that because it's either you never know what you're gonna get. Ever. Yeah, it really is. When people make fun of Alberta weather, it is, it holds true, <laughs> big time. It's. it's completely justified well look riley we missed last week's episode the heat wave and work and everything it got pretty busy weren't able to sit down and record so we have missed a lot of stuff especially this is one of the more busy times of the year i think we need to start off on a bit of a serious note here i know a few weeks ago we brought up the blackhawk sexual assault situation and really at the time and this has been going on for about a month or so now even more and thankfully in the last week or two uh more reporters and analysts and media outlets are bringing attention to this because it's a very serious situation so i'm just going to read a post from a account here on the on chicago blackhawks news instagram page and it's a few days old so it again this is just kind of a brief breakdown of what happened because we didn't really go too much in depth with it last time and i just think it um It wouldn't be fair if we didn't. So, following their second round victory over the Vancouver Canucks in May 2010 at the team hotel and local bars. By the way, this is from Chicago Blackhawks News on Instagram. um, And they're pulling this probably from reporters. Uh, Rick Westhead's been big on it. Mark Lazarus and Scott Powers from beat writers for the Blackhawks and the Athletic. Word spread among the players that two teammates had accused video coach Brad Aldrich of sexual assault, alleging that he got them drunk and tried to perform oral sex on them. Every single guy on the team knew. After Brad Aldrich left the Blackhawks following the 2010 season, Aldrich joined the coaching staff of a boys' high school team in, I'm going to say, Houghton, Michigan, in December 2013. After his second stint as a volunteer assistant coach there, he pleaded guilty to charges of criminal sexual conduct with a teenager. Aldrich was sentenced to nine months in Houghton County Jail, 
A second lawsuit was filed last month by Aldridge's victim and Hewton, alleging that the Blackhawks gave Aldridge positive references when he left the team and failed to report the allegations of abuse from 2010 with the Hawks. The high school player from Hewton, by the way, I hope that I'm saying that city name right, identified in a second lawsuit against the Chicago Blackhawks as John Doe II, said that Aldridge sexually assaulted him at the end of season gathering for players in March 2013. According to the complaint, Aldridge provided alcohol to the player who was 16 at the time and performed oral sex on him without consent. Now, there's so much more to this story. This is one little breakdown. I mean, what people don't, I think what's big missing in there is um, a a member of the Blackhawks organization knew about this and went to management to and said, hey, we need to report this to the police and, you know, went to uh, President John McDonough at the time, uh, general manager and current general manager Stan Bowman. There were other guys there. Mark Bergevin was with the Hawks, Kevin Dayoff, and it was denied. They didn't report it. They gave positive, re- you know, again, this lawsuit's still going on, but they gave positive reference where he ended up then going to work with a minor and pleading guilty to sexual misconduct. Um, I, I don't know what you want to say on it because so much has happened with this. I, we're not the right guys to be following. Um, we'll point you in the direction of Rick Westhead. He's been fantastic at covering this, but what? I don't know, man. What have you thought about this? Because it's a damn shame that this, yeah. like, this has transpired. Yeah, obviously, like you said, this is in our place to be speaking on a lot of this but um it's really it really bothers me that he got recommended somewhere it's one thing that it you try to sweep it under the rug on a professional team and then it goes on to hurt someone else down the line that just really bothers me and not very happy that that's going on right now and i do it's prayers to all those players and that had to go through that man there, and you got to remember, too, this was at the same time with the Bill Peters and Akeem Aliou situation, which was part of the same organization, you know, only that the, the Peters situation was in Rockford, right, the the Hawks AHL affiliate. But right around the same time, too, that 2010 area, I don't know, man, there's, there's a lot of dark stuff coming out with the Hawks right now. And, you know, Stan Bowman, really, because because um, – Wirtz, the the owner of the Blackhawks, came out and he gave a statement, you know, saying this doesn't represent our core and values. Well, Stan Bowman is still with the team, and he was named directly in not wanting to report this to the police. And Stan Bowman can't hide forever. The draft's coming up. The Hawks are picking 11th. There's going to be time for the media to ask him questions, and he's got. They got to face the music. Everyone, every person there does. I know Mark Bergerman had the quote that he knew nothing about, and you can put that on the record. That almost just sounds. I don't. I don't know. It's a. It's again. It's such a complicated situation, and we are probably the least, <laughs> the, the least qualified to to be talking about this and giving our take on it but but yeah we, um, we still are part of the community and we we like to talk about the good things obviously and we like to have fun here but it's you know we can't just it, pretend this doesn't happen because that's why these problems happen in the first place and it needs to be covered yes right and 100%. that's why it's good that a lot of these um reporters and outlets are finally starting to pick it up so a- anything else you want to add before we we move on to some more lighter news no that that's all i want to say about 
that situation at the moment? So obviously last week we missed our episode, as mentioned before. So we never got to recap the end of the conference finals series. So we can do that really quickly because, you know, with the Stanley Cup finals almost done. And yeah. we'll talk about that in a bit. Islanders and Lightning. Um, Vasilevsky with his fourth straight series clinching shutout in game seven in a one nothing win. I think it's pretty like undisputed that he's the best in the world right now. Like it just keeps it's, proving it. <laughs> no, it's there's no debate. And yeah. he has been for years now. Yeah. And um you know, even in that series, another guy who really stepped up, I mean, look at just some of these stats here that I pulled from Twitter, like points nine game goal streak, uh fell just short of um leech. Yeah. Of ten. Uh I was really hoping he would break the record that'd be pretty cool but something you never thought would even come close to being broken and it was just right there so we we've talked about Braden point before man does he not seem like i i know stamkos is probably a bigger name right now just he's been around longer than point but he points got to be the top center on that team he is the top dog now he he really is and I don't know what you would want to do with a player like that. Like, you want? Do you want to keep him under the radar? Do you want people to not know that he's still as good as he is? Or like, it's because he is in, incredible, and he's been incredible this these last two years, especially. How many people should lose their jobs for passing on Braden Point in the draft because he didn't go in the first round? And nope. like, even Tampa, Tampa passing him once, and they just lucked out with getting him again in the. Well, it was the second round, hey. I I think that's my least favorite thing to do is look back at past drafts and see <laughs> who people took over, and it's just like it hurts, and that that's one of the bigger ones uh, in the past few years. Hurts you? How do you think it hurts the other thirty NHL teams that passed on him? Uh, like who? Oh man, I don't I can't remember what draft year he was, but they're looking back. Could he, he probably could have been number one? Yeah. If I don't know if you're looking it up right now. Yeah. Because man, this guy, I've said it before, he just seems to score at the most important times of a game. Every single every single time. He always scores the big goals. Yeah. Like he's always it goes back to like that five overtime game with Columbus and just throughout last year's cup run and this year. The the guy's just He's one of the best in the NHL on one of the best deals, too. I don't know how they signed him for that cheap is another thing. Yeah, so he didn't even he didn't even go in the first round. They took uh, Anthony D'Angelo. Tampa took the, him in the first round. Well, he's not there anymore, so... Yeah. And not going to be in the league, probably, so... But we'll... some, of those, some of these players, just like, oh, God, in the first round, that point could have passed. What year was he drafted? 2014, so... He was that would have been Ekblad's Ekblad, draft. Ryan Hart, and Dreisaitl all were the top three. Oh man, <laughs> who picked who picked fourth that year? Uh, the Flames. That's when they took Sam Bennett. Oh, got, and he's gone now. Yep. Oh man. There's, oh Calgary. We got Vancouver taking Vertan in that year. That hurts me to my core as well. <laughs> oh man. Man, what a what a weird draft year. It really was. Ehlers went ninth. It, yeah, like Ekblad went. Nashville, I remember 11. people thought Ekblad. I remember people thought Ekblad. He was a bust after a few years. I mean, look how long it took him to finally hit his yeah, peak, right? Like probably going. this year, he's going. And then what? Man, yeah, that he was out for like three months with an injury or something. That really hurt. But yeah. But back. But anyways, back to the point. Braden Point. Um, 
God, he should have made lo- made a lot of people lose their jobs with how he's playing right now. So, and another guy, John Cooper, is the sixth coach, uh, NHL coach in the expansion era, to coach in the Stanley Cup final three times with the same team and the youngest since Glenn Sather in 1985. Interesting. Um, did he? Did Cooper get a nomination for? The Jack Adams this year. It was Brindamore, Quenville, and uh, Dean Evison. Yeah. So uh, no. No. Oh man. Um. <laughs> God, that team just has it so figured out. Everything about them, they're too good. Every single aspect. Yeah. I don't see them getting stopped anytime soon. Obviously, like right now, they're just demolishing, and I, f- I feel like they can easily keep going with this. Like from top to bottom, management manipulated the cap to keep a dynamite team together coaching john cooper his resume speaks for itself you have the best goalie in the world you have a lethal offense <laughs> whose power play can score when just whenever they want to if they don't score it's usually probably just from a lack of effort and not we don't want to put the puck in right now <laughs> we'll do it later and and a, yeah we'll do it later in a structured defensive game so the shifting over to the islanders that game six in nassau calls sam bovillia with the overtime winner the last goal ever scored there. Obviously, they lost in Game Seven. What a run for the Islanders again! They just fell one like one game short, essentially. Yeah, and based off of how the finals are going right now, it looks like they this was the that was the series right there. Like that was the finals mm-hmm. between the Lightning and the Islanders. What What do you think the Islanders need to get just get them over that edge? Because that, that's two years in a row now they've run into this Lightning team and they've gotten closer each time. They've made it close both years, but it just feels they're missing something. I th- I think it's a star. They need a star yeah. player alongside Barzal to help I've them seen out. A lot of talk about it recently. People talking about them trading for another star center because you only have mm-hmm. Barzal, and I I agree. They just I think that's all they need. They just need that one more guy to help him out. Because Barzell, he has so much on his back, and it a lot of the time it stops him from playing to his game because he is mm-hmm. falling in with his system, which is good. But sometimes you need them to break out, and the, the way his team's built, it's hard for him to do that. Um, you mentioned they were looking at training someone. Looking at their cap friendly here, they've got some big names to resign, like the biggest one being Anthony Beauvillier on the front and on the back adam pellick now the best the good thing going for the islanders here they're both rfas so they have you know more control here than than elsewhere everywhere else on defense like their big defensemen are pretty locked up unless you're really gonna miss andy green but (laughs) um don't think that's that's the end of the world but like cases is part of that fourth line which is one of the argue the best fourth line in the NHL. I don't think it's yeah. debate about it. They are called the identity line for a reason. You know, Travis Zajac, do you bring Paul Mary back? So I don't know. I think that's the thing too. They do need that star. I don't know if it's through trade or signing this offseason, but they need someone to help Barzell out because the thing with Tampa, they could play the worst game of their lives, but they just have those players like Stamkos and Kucherov. It takes one shift five or ten seconds for them to change the course of a game yeah they can run a line by themselves and you don't see that a lot you see a lot more of a team effort um consistently at least with the uh with islanders so i think that they have a lot of work but they need to be careful over the offseason because they don't want to do too much right because they they still have something here they just need a few tweaks 
and they, yep. they're going to have to find a way to figure that out. You don't change the, the face value of this team, right? Like Trotz, he obviously works. Trotz should be there for a long time, yes. you know, unless you guys start falling off really hard. Lamorello is showing he knows what he's doing. He's yep. brought this team to back-to-back conference finals. That's not an easy feat in any professional sport. Last thing, what did you think of the Islanders fans throwing beer cans on the ice at, after they won in Game 6? Because that's that sparked probably the most controversy these playoffs. And yeah, you've okay. seen the officiating. <laughs> so for that, I don't. I feel like people got way too mad about that, to be completely honest. I, did, I didn't think it was like a... Like, I didn't think it was what people were saying it was you know like i think people were just throwing stuff on the ice like it was the end right they won it was like a celebration it wasn't meant to be disrespectful it's just kind of the culture there and people are complaining like what if you you hit one of your players it's like okay they aren't guys children they're they're playing with knives on their feet and going 30 kilometers an hour into stiff boards and sticks flying by their face like I, I could see why people were maybe afraid of the safety issue. Yeah, like, I think Beauvillier said something after the game. but <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't, you he know, was kind of joking around about it, um, but, talking about but, the smell of cigarettes changing to yeah. beer. <laughs> but, like, a game a game six to keep your te- overtime winner on home ice, the last ever game possibly in that arena to send your team to game seven. Like, people were happy they just wanted it was their way of celebrating i don't i don't understand why it pissed so many people off yeah i think people just don't like new york hockey fans and that fair enough but i I think that was taken (laughs) i think that was taken too far on the criticism there i I love new york i love islanders fans they are (laughs) the most snarky the best thing they're like Habs fans they take every little slight at their team as the biggest insult ever you can compliment them and they will yeah, they will find a way to get pissed off about anything you say about their team, good or bad. Makes it fun. It does make it fun. That's why they're great. Yeah. And it, they're they're passionate fans, man. You see it at you see it at the Coliseum. Um and you know, even their Tavares' return game, that still was kind of the that was like the birth for me of <laughs> being a big Islanders mark. So Yeah. I think we can wrap it up on that series. Is there anything else you wanted to, to say for either side? Um, I actually, I, I did want to talk about this real quick. I don't know if you had seen this. Um, to, what, we're going back on this again. I don't want to stay on it too much. But the, the cap situation that everyone keeps mm-hmm. complaining about with Tampa. So this came out in 2015. The Blackhawks did the exact same thing, right? Mm-hmm. That they weren't as far over the cap. I think they were like 5 mil over the cap or something. And yeah. they won the cup that year, correct? Yep. And no one cared except for Tampa, who asked the league to get rid of the rule or to change the rule so that you couldn't go over cap like that anymore. No other team hopped on with it. And now Tampa's mm-hmm. doing it better and people are complaining. I just find that hilarious. Yep. And I think that just you and me from the beginning said people needed to stop whining about it. And I think that just wraps it up. You can't say anything against that now. Exactly. And like no rules are being broken. And Tampa did exactly what they needed to do they built a team good enough some stars aligned kucherov had some surgery you could place him on the ltir get some cap relief over the cap and they're going for back-to-back stanley cups and could pro and are probably have a good chance to three-peat next year because they're probably going to do the same thing with headman come yeah. the start of the season so here's a i do a fantasy tip to anyone don't take headman next year 
to not take yeah. him. Yeah, no, I'm not risking it. <laughs> Did anyone like really let you down in fantasy this year? Well, like I know your team <laughs> fi- finished out of the the playoffs, but like, was there anyone you picked you were just like expected a big year from and you just didn't get anything? Um, I would say Petey, but he got injured, so that yeah, that's not really much of yeah. on him. Um, uh, actually, Brock Nelson. He Brock is, Nelson. He's usually a great underrated pick, and he didn't start till like last quarter of the season until he started heating up and i had already he was way gone off my team but usually he is a very consistent pick brock nelson i always see him in uh the free agent um spot he's always kind of like people will pick him up for like two or three games and then he's dropped he'll sit on the free agent market for about a week and then someone will pick him up again um but yeah i i didn't i didn't actually know tampa went to go change the rule though after yeah, that Blackhawks series, the, that's pretty neat. They were the only team that had complained about it, and all the other teams were like, "Nah, it's fine." That is so funny. And now every single team's complaining. It's great. <laughs> that's good. Good for Tampa. Yeah, seriously, good for them. Shifting over now, the the other series, conference final, Vegas and Habs. Uh, boy, did I not give the Habs enough credit at all? Because not only did they win, they outplayed Vegas. Yeah. They were the better team. I will apologize. I apologize publicly right now to every Habs fan that I talked shit to before the season <laughs> even started when they said that their team was going to make the playoffs this year. And then I, we had we both had them out in the first round. So good, good on the Habs, man. Yeah, they've uh, they have shut everyone up until this point. Yes. It looks like the Cinderella run might be coming to an end. In terms of Vegas, we'll talk about the Habs when we get to the Lightning and Habs series boy did the Knights get Demko fever again this year mm-hmm. it's it's been a constant problem and they just it's weird you think they'd be like they had it figured out and then it just it kept going and boy um if this was in a Toronto market hell let's just say a Canadian market and Mark Stone performed the way he did in that yeah. series he would be torn to shreds he's he must be pretty happy that he's in Vegas right now. Like, he was not good enough. He was invisible. Yeah. I never saw him in one of the games. Yeah, which y- you can't have that, man. And I know no. he did. I-, I believe he had an interview after where he, he like he knew that he messed up. Like, he, he mm-hmm. knew that this is a lot of it's on him. But, yeah, you can't have those star guys go out. A lot of their team was quiet. Does this series go differently if vegas wins i think that was it game three when flurry bobbled that puck when they had the lead oh i think big time that changes i think that 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 was not like yeah i think that was kind of the momentum shift that the habs needed to run with that series and let's be frank flurry or laner whoever started neither of them played good flurry had the bobble which let's call it what it was he threw essentially he threw the game and it ended up hurting uh vegas as they got knocked out in six it wasn't the goalies problems the defense wasn't an issue they scored like what was it 75 percent of the team's goals exactly like that's that's the problem right there is that your defense is scoring that much that's pathetic yeah if if you're vegas that is one of the most pathetic things you could ever see yeah if like 25 percent of your goals came from your fours that is not good enough not good enough um 
I and I think what we saw in this series too is, boy, I, I like no disrespect to Chandler Stevenson, but when he's out of the lineup, you can tell how weak they are at center. And even when he is in the lineup, Chandler Stevenson is not a first line center on no. a Stanley Cup winning yeah, team. Like you said, no disrespect to him, he wasn't ready for that role. Um, no, and it it really showed. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, chances are he probably came back hurt because he was injured mm-hmm. for the first few games. But still, like, I, I don't think Chandler Stevenson is that big game-changing center like everyone was making it out to be when he got hurt. I, yeah. I know that line clicked all year with him, Stone, and Pacioretty, but it's just not good enough down the middle. No. So if you're Vegas, there is a first-line center currently on the market who is very disgruntled with his team <laughs> who is going is currently on the trade market his name is jack eichel i don't know if you've heard of him yeah i think you almost are, every you, single team in the nhl right now even one that doesn't have anyone on their team is interested in him so you should be in on that vegas has to if you're vegas find a way they always do they always find a way to get the biggest fish in free agency time whether it be trade or signing yep. find a way to get him on your team you know, um, I think the biggest loss for them, you're probably not going to get Martinez back. Found out he was playing on a broken foot, which, okay, Eric Carlson, man, yeah. for how good he was playing. <laughs> like, holy great. cow. Um, f- I think you got to find a way to get Eichel. I, I agree. Last thing on this series, on my end anyways, I just wanted to say this is I miss Robin Lehner very much on the Chicago Blackhawks. That's no secret to anyone that knows me. I was very, very depressed when they traded him uh congratulated the halves on twitter in a very nice tweet and just uh just a good sporting guy just a good sportsman i like it yes anything else yeah you wanted to throw in to wrap this up no that's i'm all good on that series so lightning versus the halves again this series is three nothing now and if you would have asked me last week after montreal had just beat the golden knights I probably would have given Montreal. I gave Montreal six. I was, I said Tampa would beat them in six games. Montreal was going to make it close. And game two was the only one that really was. It's kind of been all Tampa. Every 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 single inch of the ice has been in favor of Tampa. Tilted their way. Yeah, I I would have said the same thing. Tampa and six. That was my guess. Coming out hot like that, you have that energy to at least pick up a few. And I thought they would have taken both at home. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that game three was just dominated by Tampa. It mm-hmm. it looked like a regular season game that didn't matter. Like it was it was quite brutal. And Price has to be better too. Like I know Price has been there and got them there, but some of those goals that he let so in, yeah, uh, you have to. I know the. It's what I it's what I've been saying the entire playoff run. Like that Ruta goal, the first one, mm-hmm. just a weak fluff shot from the right boards um you know if Carey price can't see the puck he's just another guy yeah right so and i think that's why vasilevsky they talked about it on the broadcast in game three that's why vasilevsky is so good is because he looks around players in front of him so well like you see him his head's practically on the ice man he's i know practically he is a, like a headstand he's got some crazy flexibility and it's just it's <laughs> so cool to watch it looks like he wore, like you know those you know what uh if you go to like fairs they probably have this at the stampede they have like that mirror 
Oh yeah, um, the warp beam, the warp mirrors. The, the warp mirrors, and you just walk through. That's like Vasilevsky. Just, Honestly, he just, just distorts everywhere. his body. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it's not impossible. Montreal came back from three-one against the Leafs, but I think the difference here: you have a killer instinct hockey team who knows what it takes to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, who won the toughest Stanley Cup in a bubble where you were away for your family for two months and probably almost some players are saying they were happy that they left versus yeah. going another round. Um, um, and now, versus the, now they're here to win it too. Like Tampa's like, this is kind of them proving mm-hmm. it once and for all. Like, you know, they won last year yeah. with no fans. Now it's a whole different experience and they want the, the feeling of this win. Yep. And I, that's the biggest difference. They've been there, right? Toronto, you came back against a known playoff choker who can't get past their own mental hurdles. So I don't see Montreal coming back. I do think, though, they will take game four. I, I think, think they they'll take tomorrow. at least one at home. And I, do, I want to get – do you think teams do this? Do you think – so, like, Tampa's up 3 nothing. Uh, the families aren't allowed to travel, Tampa's families, to Montreal, which is the dumbest thing. Yeah. Ever. You have the entire city of Montreal outside of the stadium within <laughs> literal inches of each other partying and shouting and screaming, but you can't let you can't reserve some seats for these family members to come watch them lift the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. There's no other way to explain it. It's stupid, but yeah, so were you going to say you think they drop a game so they can go back home? Yeah, do you think do you think teams do that? Like, if you're the Lightning, are you confident enough in your ability? Like, hey, we're, we'll kind of ease up this game here and then play our hardest game in Tampa in Game 5. You know, I I don't think it would be like an actual broadcast out to anyone. Like, they didn't specifically mention it, but it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the back of everyone's minds. I mean, there, it kind of sucks that the sweep might be coming in the final as much... As much as I'm happy to not see the Canadians win, yeah, um, because they let's be real, it's not crazy to say they shouldn't be here. I we've talked about this before. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they deserve to be here. The they've played great hockey in the playoffs, but I don't think it's. I think Montreal fans got to stop getting mad that people are surprised you're here because yeah, because it's it's surprising <laughs> that you're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you shouldn't have been. Essentially, you've earned your way here. You beat some very good teams to get here convincingly too like mm-hmm. vegas it wasn't even close yeah i don't know i i'm just i'm very happy i like seeing i want to see a three-peat next year too that's the biggest thing i think that'd be cool to see a true team just dominate we got a for, dynasty building exactly um anything else you want to add on this series because by the time we record next week we are probably going to have a team who has hoisted lord stanley cup yeah, um, I just want to try to jinx it. I'm going to say that Tampa sweeps tomorrow because I want to see more games because this series has been a little boring so far. So I'm going to try to jinx it, and we're going to say Tampa sweeps tomorrow. All right. Yeah, by the way, did you see that hit to Corey Perry where he got absolutely zoinked into the board? <laughs> yeah. That was, we we like had to rewind. Everyone looked away, and one of my buddies just screamed. <laughs> also, Alberta's <laughs> open. Uh, so that's been a big bonus. Alberta opened up on July Oh, 1st, yeah. So it was nice to see everyone again without uh, being worried about anything. But 
yeah, we all got to watch the game, and we had to rewind that and watch it a few times because it was hilarious. <laughs> it was very, it was very fun. Um, yeah, I was on Twitter all day at Canada watching Jason Kenny go around with his big smile and his Canadian. Yeah, we shirt. actually we saw him. He was in Okotoks, and oh, did you? Yeah, and then he was also in Calgary at like a train station or something. One of my coworkers saw him and was like, "Who's that guy?" And everyone's like, "That's <laughs> Jason Kenny." Oh, that's just our premier. Yeah, they're like, "Why is everyone taking pictures of him?" <laughs> One of the most controversial premiers, too, <laughs> it seems, in Alberta in yeah, a long time. Yeah, um, was, was anyone? Did anyone uh, intimidate him or his family, like Tyler Shandro? Like, can you believe that? Yeah. That is on some people, man. What like, I heard, holy um, cow. So he came down to the Dogs game, which is our local baseball team here in yeah. Dokes, and This is uh, Shandro or Kenny. Uh, Kenny. Kenny. And, yeah, this was over the weekend on saturday or friday either way um and he was like taking pictures with people all that and then i guess a couple drunk guys came up to him and they're like hey kenny and they just instantly got like pulled away and just like moved <laughs> in. like it was apparently like i didn't see it but that's what i heard so i thought that was pretty funny well t- tell me what it's like being reopened because we don't reopen fully till the 11th like we I mean, it's pretty well opened up, especially with the heat wave. Everyone mm-hmm. was at the lakes. I've never seen them as busy as they were in my life. But uh, I think our mass mandate stays and some indoor gathering restrictions stay till the 11th. What is it kind of surreal after well, almost the, a year and a half that's in the this? thing right now. I've been working all week since we've been open, too. And yeah, I didn't have to leave because I had the pool here. So I didn't have to go to like our we have a, a beach here. But mm-hmm. sorry, there was just a huge lightning strike outside. Anyways, um, so I haven't really seen it yet, but I went to the store the other day, and it's just like, I don't have to put a mask on when I go inside there, and it just felt, that felt weird. One more week. What a, what a long year and a half. At least we're finally there, though. Have you, have we heard anything on school for us? I, I, like, I think think we're pretty much good. Yeah, I think it's pretty much set that, like, Sate is going to be doing it. I do know, um, at my girlfriend's school they want like the 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 profs have the option if they want to Mm -hmm. teach online or what so i don't think that'll be the same at state though well the world's opening back up thankfully at canada is anyways at least um hopefully the border gets opened up because it's not open yet is it no i don't think so i think pretty soon i think it's like 75 percent double dosed i think was the yeah something was the threshold or something i don't know but anyways let's move on uh do you have anything else to add between the the lightning and the habs no so we got some a lot of news going on around the nhl let's start with the edmonton oilers just up the road from you re-signed ryan nugent hopkins to an eight-year deal um with a 5.1 aav uh or yearly average what uh what do you think of the signing for for the Oilers um I don't know I don't really know I feel like it's gonna be a good contract for the first four years and then it might not look too great for the last four years but it's not like it was super expensive and he's been great for them so I think it's kind of like a medium risk medium reward well if you I think what the Oilers are hoping to and I mean every team in the NHL is hoping for in let's say three years and going on they they're hoping the cap goes up Mm -hmm. the the cap ceiling because 
it, it was supposed to go up this year. It didn't with COVID, right? There was not money to go up. So I think when you're looking at this in year seven and eight, I don't think $5 million is going to really hurt the Oilers that much just because of the cap ceiling going up. Yeah, that, that's the thing. But it's not too much of a risk right now, but you also have to think of like how much more that team needs. <laughs> like They need so many more players. Well, and good for Nugent Hopkins because I'm. Mm-hmm. This is per um, Oilers Nation, um, Zach Lang, and he kind of breaks down the the salary structure here, and it's pretty buyout proof. So, okay, um, taking a look at a buyout, it would not be very good for the Oilers to do it in the final two or three years of the deal. If they want to buy out the final two years of his deal, Edmonton will owe him money for four years. In years one and two, Edmonton would take a 3.6 and a 2.4 million dollar hit against the cap before a one million before one million cap hits for the following two years. If they want to buy out the final three years, they would owe him money for six years, so two more years. In years one, two, and three, he would have a cap hit of 3.8 million, 3.5 million, and 2.3 million before the final three years would be 944k. So, and plus with the signing bonuses, they don't come until I believe years five, I'm not four sure. or five around there. But that also kind of helps with the bio process, which I mean, good, good for Nuge. He's, and he's got the no, the no trade, right? So he yeah, can kind of, that's good for him. He kind of has a lot of say on what the last few years of this deal will look like for him, because this will probably be his last contract really. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The the Oilers, I I think you sign this deal not for years five to eight. You're signing it for one to four and just hoping with you can build something for McDavid and Drysaddle win within one of those four years. Yeah, hopefully. Then uh, uh, if we're staying on the Oilers, what do you think about all the news with Duncan Keith ate it. going over to the Oilers? Ate it. I don't <laughs> like Okay, so this is so. Here's the thing with Duncan Keith; he's been linked to the uh, the Oilers, um, and it's per his request. He wants to be closer to home, and I think everything he's done for Chicago, I think they have to respect that, right? Yeah. He wants to go play somewhere else. Go let him. Um, but I just feel he needs to retire as a Blackhawk because he is Con Smythe, Norris three-time cup champion like the guy was averaging 31 minutes in 2015 because chemo team and couldn't skate anymore yeah. like team and average like five minutes a night so keith was playing on two pairings um like without keith this team doesn't even sniff a cup no he was that good of a defenseman one of, i'd argue one of the best of all time he yeah, was no i'm i i would agree rock solid both ends of the ice him and it helped that he had a fantastic partner in Seabrook for years who was very underappreciated in comparison to Keith. But I just don't look at that. I think at some points, like there's that hard balance of you want to continue winning. Right. And it's a, it's a bad contract. Keith can't play that much anymore. You got to move on to the youth, but with everything this guy brought to your city. Yeah. He's, I don't know. I just feel like he, he needs to retire here, but if he wants to go, be closer to his family in Edmonton than because I don't think they actually live in Edmonton. They live somewhere in BC, but whatever, that's pretty, it's not that far from Edmonton. So yeah, it's probably closer than it would be in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting what they do though, because the Oilers have said that it'll need to be the right deal. Yeah. Like 
So they, the only way I see that happening is if they send salary cap back or send salary back to the Hawks, which um, I don't know who the Hawks want to take. I don't want Cassian's deal. <laughs> Three not? more years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not just pay a guy a fourth liner over $3 million? Why not? Um, you know, I'd probably take Koskinen's if it's only one year, but yeah. like, I think James Neal, they were talking about moving to. Like, no. No. <laughs> Don't do not, not James Neal here. There's been a lot of talk with some older guys in their trades right now. I know Oliver Ekman Larson has been in talks forever, but no one wants to take him because he's That's so sad... expensive. That's a sad one, man. Ekman mm-hmm. Larson, he always got. Um, he played on a dog shit team for yeah. years. And it was, was one of the shining lights there. And now. They, didn't they I, I come out and straight up say they just they want to part ways with him like they are? Yeah. Yeah. And right now, honestly, to me, what makes the most sense for any team is for the Kraken to take him because mm-hmm. he's he's it's too expensive for most teams right now. The Kraken have yep. the room for him, and then you have a leader, right? Like, that's your guy. Yeah. And I think that's really the only team he makes sense to go to at the moment. Now does he does he have a no move clause? Because if not, then they can just leave him unprotected and hopefully find a way to get Seattle to take him. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I have to look that up on Cat Friendly after, but it, that'd be that's a yeah, that'd be smart for the Coyotes to try and offload that that contract and yeah. They're another team that just they got to restart again. Mm-hmm. Which sucks, but finishing up on Keith um yeah, I don't know. I wish I could see him finish out in Chicago just with everything. I mean, I read a thing today or a few days ago, like the Toronto Maple Leafs now have the longest drought, Stanley yeah. Cup drought at like 19,700 and some days or something like that. Yeah, they passed the Rangers drought. And oh Blackhawks fan. <laughs> I just keep I keep looking at Riley looking up um, at this thunderstorm. Yeah, it sounds like that's coming rolling. through. Um the lightning they're in town yeah no i'll miss keith though but like what i was saying like blackhawks fans we won the the cup was won in 2015 and it was won three times in six years you know just Mm -hmm. let the guy retire here what what's two more years on his deal gonna hurt you right i don't know i just that's the last i'll save it we can move on unless you have anything you wanted you had a take on the keith situation but some big news um some other players on the move victor arvidsson to la for a 2021 second round pick and a 2022 third i didn't see this coming at all i woke up on canada Day and saw this on my phone i was like oh it's a neat little trade yeah what'd you think that's kind of the same thoughts it's just kind of interesting it's kind of like is nashville probably maybe leaning towards that kind of retool that we both said they should have done yeah i I think that would make sense. Grab some picks right now, right? Um, but it's also kind of tough because now you have a goalie who looks like he's going to be like good, and I I don't like when people have their careers wasted around a team that's rebuilding. <laughs> so the Victor Arvidsson, he was he, he had that a few good years in Nashville. There, he was kind of viewed as like one of the more underrated forwards in the league he had a down year this year i think this is a good pickup for la especially a team that has a tough time scoring and let's be honest kind of boring and slow yeah at times i love the kings but they're boring and slow 
yeah no i think i think arvidsson could still compete well and like i think that was if anything an even trade and if not i think la definitely won it so la is gonna be a neat team next year especially going back to the regular divisions from what it sounds like the pacific mm-hmm. i think they can make some noise because i don't like san jose i don't think gets any better unless they find a way to get out Let's pull it back under together contracts <laughs> or yeah eric carlson returns to form or something like because in the Pacific, who do you, who's the biggest one you have to worry about? Vegas, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that's probably about it. The yep. Oilers, maybe, but there's not much to. The Pacific could be up for the take, up for grabs for the the Kings to make the playoffs. So it'll yeah. be interesting. Don Granado. Let's move on to some coaches now. Don Granado back as the head coach for the Sabers. I personally like this. There were a lot of coaches on the market this offseason you know gallant he ended up going to the rangers we'll talk about dave haxtall later all that sort of stuff came out of nowhere uh rick talkett i like this by the sabers keeping a guy there they're they hired from within because i think what that franchise needs is just some stability yeah it's been such a shuffle for the past however long i can even remember that it would be nice to have someone there that feels like they're actually part of the team. Yeah, like look at the players. I'll, I'll name three just off the top of my head that I've left. Evander Kane, Ryan O'Reilly, Robin Lehner. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It, I just feel like they need some stability and just some consistency to, that they can actually get a system here that they can work around and get some chemistry built up between these players, especially if Eichel's going too. I think they're kind of everyone's just waiting for that bombshell to drop. Yeah. And then Granado, you're at the helm to, at the true rebuild of this team, right? I know Eichel has been there for some st- stability, but there's just been so much news around him since he's there. It, it it almost doesn't feel like, at least to me, that he would have been that guy in Buffalo for his players and stuff. Like he probably was, mm-hmm. he had other things to deal with. Yeah, and that and that's got to wear on your teammates too. You're always hearing about <laughs> when is my captain gonna get traded and. Yeah not come to the the rink anymore so i like the move by the sabers another head coach andre turney is now the new bench boss in arizona very good in in junior hockey and uh on an international stage in juniors as well i don't know how much i didn't have much time to research this one on the drive home today but what did you think of the the news out of arizona i don't know it's arizona <laughs> yeah they just gotta I think find they... something they had a press conference with uh, Armstrong, the the GM, and <laughs> Tierney, and they kind of just joked that like this is gonna take a while. Yeah. Just like straight up to the media, I was like, oh, that's not, <laughs> not what I want to hear. Just being a fan, man. you're just like, what? <laughs> just put your head on your desk and just cry. Pick a new team. <laughs> <laughs> just wait three years when they relocate. It will be <laughs> fine. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the Seattle Kraken hired Dave Haxtall mm-hmm. as their head coach, which another one that caught me by surprise. Interesting because he was the head bot, head man in Philly. Didn't work out so well. Flyers fans were at his throat. <laughs> and I believe he ran the penalty kill in Toronto, which was actually pretty good. Yeah. So, and he, I think he even said he's learned some things too taken some experiences from his first coaching job with the flyers so i don't know what it'll be interesting to see what happens with haxtell yeah it doesn't seem like the kraken are starting off with as big as a bang as this the golden knights did already but 
you know, they could be the underdogs just like the Knights were, but I don't know if it's going to shape out to be like that if I'm being being honest. Yeah, that I mean Vegas was such a like how many records did Vegas break? Not just in hockey, but sport. Yeah. For an f- expansion franchise in their first year, like it's not common. Mm-mm. So, we'll see. We'll see what Haxtell can do. I think, and year one will be tough to kind of judge his performance on, right? Because it's a brand new team. Yeah, give him three so, years before you start saying where he, where he is. Before you start going full Flyers yeah. fans on him. Yeah. <laughs> like throwing, throwing stuff at him on the bench or something. I don't know. Flyers fans are. If you want to talk about how bad Islanders fans are, let's, <laughs> let's pull the Flyers in here, guys. Come on. Yeah. Um, another big contract sign, Joel Erickson X signs an eight-year deal in Minnesota. Another eight-year deal at 5.2 mil per year. So pretty like pretty much the exact same as Nugent Hopkins. The only thing is the salary structure is a bit different in terms of wh- how much they get paid year by year. And I don't think Erickson X has any signing bonuses. What is it with the Wild? signing these long-term deals they they, i can name you two right now that are just turning out poorly right now and it's Suter and parise yeah it's the same thing when they 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 gave those guys those contracts it seemed a bit more safe but it's clearly shaping up to not be the way that they wanted to which is tough but so why would you do it again right like maybe erickson eck wouldn't sign for anything shorter but i feel like they could have got that down to at least six or something like Ryan Suter is still being paid $7.5 million per year against the cap for the next four years. He's 36 years old. Yeah. Where's Parise? Let's see see where Parise is in here. Um, same thing. The exact same contract. So $15 million to two guys that are going to be 40 by the end of those contracts. Um, yeah, that hurts. And Jerry... Nothing against Jared Spurgeon either, but he's 31, mm-hmm. making $7.5 million um, past 2026-2027. I think it goes farther beyond. But it just it doesn't show on here. It just yeah. has an arrow. <laughs> but, right? yeah, you, you got to think about – you got to sign other guys, man. I don't know what why they're – didn't they still well, have – like, Krill might not even want to stay. Krill was one of the bigger – signings right if that should have been probably your number one priority right now on the wild yeah and then you um, drop but a, this a guy that no one's been talking about that has to resign in minnesota and it just seems he always kind of get placed second fiddle to someone kevin fiala mm-hmm. who is another big winger on that team like he's really good he's they, a huge they cannot piece. lose him they they definitely no, cannot use lose fiala they can't and he's an rfa this year too i think they have about 16 million in cap now to try and not just those two guys, we have other depth pieces too, like Nick Bugstead, which I, I know a lot of Wild fans aren't too fond of. It seems like a lot of fan bases don't like Nick Bugstad, but like Marcus Johansson, Nick Benino, Ian Cole, Brad Hunt, right? So I don't know. <laughs> They're probably going to find a way to manipulate the the CBA or contract and sign Kirill to a 20-year deal, and he'll leave after one year <laughs> and go play in the KHL. Yeah. But, Going back to the Blackhawks a little bit, Jonathan Taze, we found out, suffered from chronic immune response syndrome, which, uh, look it up, because I forgot to, so I apologize for (laughs) being underprepared. (laughs) Um, Not good is what it sounds like, is not good. It's a big name. 
that yeah. that can't mean anything positive. Um, but he had COVID from what it sounded like, and he was a long hauler essentially is what this looks like it's shaping out to be. And it's glad to, glad to hear he's doing good now. I, he seems better. Writers are saying he's probably going to be back next year to the start of the season, yeah. which I think is a huge ad for the Blackhawks because boy, did they miss him this season? Yeah. And you never know you could have with him back. So many people can just play better around a captain like Taves. So, well, and you can you can juggle your lines a bit more too, right? I mean, poor Kane, he was he's trying to drag everyone up with him, and I mean, he was playing with the Brinkett for a bit, and I think the Brinkett can handle his own. He sh- he's done it before. He scored forty, not even playing with either of those guys, yeah. but um, it just it just allows for more flexibility throughout your your forward core. Yeah. Lastly, for me on the Blackhawks, um, Pat Foley, the play by play guy. Um, I, for for the Hawks is uh, it's his farewell season next year, which I think is pretty sad because I love Pat Foley and I love when he screams Hawks win, um, <laughs> like his life depends on it after every win. So hopefully they can make it a good one for him, make it an interesting season like this year. And gonna I'm gonna miss that they were one of the best duos, him and Eddie Olchek in the broadcast booth. Yeah. So we got some awards now to talk about. This is a big show. This is what happens when you miss two weeks i know <laughs> of hockey we got there's a lot going on lamorello we can try and uh skip through these a little bit quicker uh lamorello gm of the year we kind of touched on it earlier i mean sure i mean it is what it is it is what it is uh Carrillo wins the calder not much surprise there uh flurry wins the vesna so you got your <laughs> you got your wish. Happy. Very happy about that. Um, that was the that was the trade off. He sold his soul for the Vesna yeah. <laughs> and gave Montreal uh, a game in he's the got conference finals. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's only got three. Yeah. Poor guy. Hey, uh, Adam Fox with the Norris. This one surprised me a little bit. Yeah. But... Um, what I want to say about that is like we had said this. We I hadn't really watched him that much this year. Uh, to give my take on that when he was uh, nominated. But him winning it, I, I felt was a little confusing because you, I didn't see any highlights posted by anyone from Adam Fox this year. I didn't see anything. Makar was all over the place with his mm-hmm. plays. And Hedman, you don't need highlights. You go to any game and he's dominating it. So I was, I'm was i still a little confused on why Fox won. And I, I want to go back and watch a bit of his season to see where that's coming from. Which is weird because he plays in the biggest market in the NHL, yeah. the New York Rangers. You'd think you'd see something from this guy. No. I, I saw Zabinajad plenty. <laughs> Probably for the wrong reasons at yeah. the start of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I This one kind of took me by surprise too. And again, that was just the thing. Like It seemed you never saw highlights of him. Maybe he was just sturdy, right? Like yeah, just a that's what sturdy defense night. I know he put up a lot of points too, which really helps out your chances with this award. But yeah, uh, con- congrats to Adam Fox. That's a that's a good thing for the Rangers. Yes. Um, to to get a top defenseman like that come out of nowhere, and Connor McDavid wins the Hart Trophy, the second player ever to receive all first place votes. And I'm not surprised. So <laughs> nobody should be because who else yeah. do you vote for? right especially this year like yeah any year really like uh, my friend said to me we've talked about this too it's his it's his trophy to lose Mm -hmm. every single year it should 
almost just be the Connor McDavid trophy. Yeah. We got a busy um, schedule coming up for the NHL. I don't want to go through every single day here. Basically a bunch of expansion days and teams submitting their lists and the draft and expansion draft, free agency, all that stuff's coming up. Um, I had a whole list here, but we're, we're running short on time, so I'll try and move along quickly here. I saw a post I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Barrett Jackman in 2003 won the Calder Trophy with 19 points. Two years later, Sidney Crosby, one of the greatest players of all time, was the runner-up in 2005 with 102. That's the runner crazy. Up. What the Barrett hell? Jackman won with 19 points. Damn, that's, that's weird. That's, that's wild. I, yeah, you gotta I look can't at, believe that. I gotta look, you gotta look at who the f- rookies were that year because that <laughs> <Yeah>. was awful. <laughs> um, that might be one of the lowest point total. That might be the lowest point total ever for like a rookie to win it. I don't yeah. know. I'd have to look that up, but... Um, Vegas is now getting the all-star game next year, which mm-hmm. good. Cause if there's any city that's going to find a way to spice up that all-star weekend, it's going to be Vegas. So let's see what they do. And some hard news, uh, in the past few weeks, Renee Robert, part of the French connection line, uh, for the Sabres for years passed away at 72 and David Pasternak, uh, and his girlfriend, wife, girlfriend, um yeah lost their infant son i think six days old or something which Mm -hmm. uh thoughts and prayers go out to them because that's i couldn't even imagine what no they're going through no one should ever have to go through that no yeah prayers to those guys last thing i had for you i saw a post about a possible new playoff format and i thought it was pretty interesting because i think this would be a lot of fun so first overtime and this is five minute periods First OT, five on five. Second OT, four on four. Third OT, three on three. You kind of get the gist where I'm going here. Two on two, one on one. And then the sixth OT, if nothing is decided, the goalies meet at center ice and just fight. (laughs) Yeah, I saw this a couple weeks ago, actually. This is is from Albie Oxenreader on Twitter. And I feel like that's a great way to do it. I think so, too. I I think that would bring a lot of eyes (laughs) Wouldn't that, like, you could see some of the best players just go one on. Imagine watching McDavid and McKinnon just, just 1v1. One on one with, like, their goalies. Oh, yeah. man. That'd be insane. Or you just get, like, Jordan Bennington just <laughs> wanting his team to put it to a sixth overtime so he could just fight someone. Yeah, or, or you just, just get, like, off. you put Ryan Reeves out there in the one on one just to dummy whoever he's against and then just start firing it on the net repeatedly. <laughs> oh. Well, I think. That settles it. That needs to be the new format. If yeah. we said it's good, then that's all that matters. It's Again, House through. League Heroes. Yep. Contact us. Get us working for the league right now. <laughs> it is 4th of July, Independence Day in America, and uh, we had the hot dog eating contest. I don't know if you saw yes. that. <laughs> Joey Chestnut. I can't remember. Joey Chestnut breaks his own record. I think it was 76 hot dogs in under 10 minutes. Ow. <laughs> I don't even understand. He, what a legend! <laughs> Man, did you see the like the? I don't know if you watched any of it or saw highlights on Twitter, but some of those intros they had for those contestants was awesome. Yeah, they go hard. Like, they go hard. The NHL's got to take notes, man. Like I was, we turned it on. We got up this morning, pretty hungover, feeling it a little bit. 
got a hot dog eating contest got us all right into it we're like man we, <laughs> we were waiting to go for breakfast and we didn't want to leave it was nice. great yeah no anything anything else you want to want to chat about or any hockey news you got no uh well i guess we can make fun of the leafs a bit more uh, i do know yeah. this was from uh, ra on chicklets talking about how every team every canadian team except for the winnipeg jets has been to a cup final since the leafs have won a, a round in the playoffs yep so that's just you know <laughs> that that's sad oh toronto you you're the gift that keeps on giving baby it's great yeah and I... final prayers are, are out to the leafs fans that have to keep dealing with everyone <laughs> talking them. you know what though they bring it on themselves they get they super do. excited they get super excited stop being so optimistic about your team yeah be a pessimistic fan yes. like riley of the canucks <laughs> exactly it works <laughs> you can never get disappointed or let down exactly. it's fantastic <laughs> um i don't know if it, how much of a you've been following the nba playoffs we got a interesting final here we have the phoenix suns chris paul in his first final going up against the milwaukee Giannis antonacupo and the you milwaukee bucks right. i did because <laughs> he is a monster among men. <laughs> um, the reason I wanted to bring this up, I wanted to shout out my friend Chris Chacoin, who has been a huge CP3 pan- fan <laughs> for the longest time, and I know he's super excited that he's in the final. I think he was. I think he went looking for Suns jerseys today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it'll be neat. It's nice to see some different teams playing. I know that um, makes me want that makes me want to like actually watch it sometimes is when it's not just two teams for a decade playing against each other. <laughs> yeah, I it's kind of nice too as much as I like seeing like the best players like do good and chasing rings, it's nice to not see LeBron James in yeah, the final exactly. and even deep in the playoffs. It just makes so, it better for everyone else, it makes it more interesting. Enjoyable. Yeah, I think the Bucks are chasing their first championship since like what 79. Or something there, and the Suns. I don't think I've ever won. Yeah, uh, I'm going Suns and the... four. <laughs> Suns and four. Greatest thing about it too is the the scheduling works out perfect. One night it's hockey, depending how long that goes, and then you got the NBA hockey. They alternate pretty well, which is good. And that's about all I have this week, Riley. You got anything else before we sign off? I do not. All, all right. right. Well, that was episode nine of the House League Heroes podcast. Hope everyone stayed warm this week and stayed warm, stayed cool. I, I don't think anyone had trouble staying stay warm, warm this yeah, week. Was... <laughs> yeah, heat wave warnings everywhere. And uh, Alberta listeners, enjoy the opened up province. Enjoy freedom. And Saskatchewan, we're, we're almost there. One more week. there. Don't even worry. And we can live. We can live our lives again. Take care, everybody. Peace out.